Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, all right. You can have a, have a seat before we get into uh, groups and have a discussion. Glad that you're here this morning. We are, uh, we are surviving. We have the, the, definitely a bug going through our community and our church, and so glad that you're here. You guys are healthy. Be praying for those that, uh, that are sick, good recovery, especially during the holiday season, stuff like that. Um, before we get into groups, uh, and uh, we're going through the book of Acts, we're going to continue that. Really excited about what we're going to be going through today. I feel like that it's, it's going to be very encouraging for us, and I know for me, in my uh, faith journey, it's one of those things that um, we don't think a lot about. And so how God kind of partners with us in life. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 8. That's what we'll be today. I just want to let you know that um, we're not in connection groups right now, which are our home groups. And I feel like whenever we're not in groups, that's when all kinds of life stuff happens. (laughs) And we're not there to weekly kind of, you know, support each other and stuff like that. So I just want to let you know, just as a church family kind of a thing, uh, just be praying. we got a lot of things going on. Uh, Laura Lee's not here today. She'd appreciate prayer for her dad who's been in and out of the hospital. Uh, and, um, and so uh, just for his health um, and then just, um, just different families with, uh, with what we're going through. Um, the Wilkins, John and Katrina, uh, just be praying for them right now because they're going through some family stuff, uh, especially with one of their daughters um, uh, with cancer and things like that. So just, you know, just as you see each other, just Sometimes we have these short conversations like, hey, how you doing? How's your week? Like that. We're still going through real things. And even though we're not in connection groups, taking time just to pray for one another, talk to one another. When it comes to prayer too, I feel like we're in a season of prayer, just so you know, where because we're not meeting um, these opportunities. Uh, I know the prayer team, we visited a couple homes. And I just want to encourage you, if you just want your home prayed over, your family prayed over, um, it's not that like you can't do it on your own and we have people that are more spiritual, nothing like that, but sometimes comforting, having people kind of come in, walk around, pray. Uh, that is something that's offered. You can let me know. Um, you can write it on your uh, communication card that we have. Um, also during service, um, we have uh, during worship at the end, uh, prayer. And a lot of times it's one of those things of, um, we just think, I don't know what to pray for or I don't want to burden anyone. We have people that would love just to intercede for you. And if you, have, if you don't even know what, They'll just pray for you, pray a blessing over you or whatever like that. And so just take advantage of that. Um, the Bible's really clear. Prayer and faith is powerful. And sometimes we lack power because we lack prayer. <laughs> because we're just scared. Oh, I don't want anyone to pray for me or who am I or it's not that big of a deal. No, no, no. Let today really recharge you, refocus you. And prayer is a part um, of that. And I also want to let you know, Wednesdays, we've been doing it for five years, 8 a.m. online. We pray every week for the church, for you guys. Um, and so, uh, 8 a.m., you can always join us, too. You go on the Facebook page, uh, our church Facebook page, but uh, it's, a, it's a privilege, and we have so much answered prayer, and so it's super, super encouraging. Um, and I just want to let you know, too, we have the, our new business cards and little door hangers. Uh, we'll be doing a thing where we walk around the neighborhoods at some point when we're healthy, and, uh, and we'll be doing door hangers, but you can grab that, put that in your purse, put it in your wallet, just so you're always ready. You never know when you have an opportunity to invite someone Uh, that God might be trying to connect in and they're disconnected and you can be a little bridge there. Also, um, 
go ahead and uh, maybe after we're done with our small groups, if you want to grab it, um, there's a note sheet and on the back table there. So if you want to take notes, I want to start off with the thesis of what today is about. I'm going to pray and we're going to jump into the passage. But I always like to start with kind of like what 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 is today about? What does God want us to maybe think about this week or implement in our lives? This is why I'm so excited because this statement to me is transformational as far as giving you um, an excitement to live life. This statement here. And it's this reality. God wants to, this is a desire of God, to specifically and purposely guide your life in order to change other people's lives. We're going to unpack that. But I need you to know God's desire each day is to specifically and purposefully, there's reason for it. Every event that happens in your life, there's a reason for. We might not understand it, but God has a purpose, but he also wants to specifically guide your life, but not just for your benefit in order to change other people's lives. That's really important because a lot of times we think God speaks to us just for our own benefit. I think sometimes he's like, no, I'm speaking to you actually for other people's benefits. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, I pray for today that we would really learn from the early church that it grew because people were willing to listen to you and follow you and go where you sent them. God, the early church really shows us that that your desire is to daily participate with us. You're not interested in building a religious institution or making us just these good, wholesome people. That your desire for us is to send us on a mission. And it could be to the grocery store. It could be for, on a soccer team. It could be at our jobs. It could be at school. But nothing is random. Everything is purposeful and intentional. And God, I pray that would encourage us, that we wake up and even when we don't have the energy or we feel like we don't know what's going on, we know that you know what's going on, Jesus. And I just pray for each person here that you'd anoint them to be used by you. They would never think that they're on the sidelines watching the game. But you are a God who calls us to participate. You are a coach that says, get in and I will use you. And just trust me. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I don't know if you've experienced this, but... Um, you know, hindsight or looking back, it's always interesting to see how things that didn't make sense all of a sudden make sense, especially when you see God's hand in things. Um, and I think for a lot of us, the reason we struggle in our walks with God is because we feel like there's no purpose. Or we feel like the purpose is just like, oh, I just want to like not sin today. I just want to like, just, and we're, the more we focus on ourselves, it actually hurts our relationship with God and being used by God. Um, and I'm not saying never think about yourself, but we're a society that we're obsessed with ourselves. Like it, it breaks my heart. And I hope you don't get angry when you look at the media or you look at politics or things like that. Because if people don't have Jesus, then we have to worship something and we're trying to worship ourselves, trying to feel good about ourselves. But it breaks my heart when I see social media and just, you know, it's always teenagers that are being ripped on for being on their phones, but it's amazing how many 40, 50, 60 year olds are on their phones. Or you see people 
and you see someone in their 50s worried about their body posting on Instagram saying, love yourself. It's like, no, clothe yourself. You don't have to love yourself. Clothe yourself. We don't care at 50, right? What you look like, if you have abs or not. But to me, I'm more sad for the 50-year-olds than the 15-year-olds. Um, but that inundates into the church. And it, we, we're in our culture. We can't help it, right? And sometimes we bring our faith and we think, I'm the center of the universe. Like God's like, I want to speak to you because it's all about you. And it's actually very freeing when it's like, it's, not, it's nothing about you. It's not, and that's what makes God so amazing is you're one of 7 billion people. If God didn't knit you together, your value is less than a Gatorade. The chemicals that make you up, Gatorade is more valuable than you, more nutrients, your air and water. But the God of the universe desires you and we only find value in being desired, right? Why is gold or money valuable? Because people want it. If nobody wanted it, nobody would care. Why are you valuable? Because God wants you. But he wants you not just to love you. He wants to love you, but he also wants to use you because that's when life gets exciting. Several years ago, you know, you never know how God's going to use you. Several years ago, um, I walk into a Starbucks that I never go to. I don't even know why. It's off Los Alamos um, over, um, uh, no, not Cal, Cal Oaks. It's the Cal Oaks Starbucks over there by the movie theater. I never go there. And I rarely go to Starbucks. One of those, for some reason, I think my kids were in sports and something like that, want to get something hot to drink, go in there. And to me, I'm just going in for a drink because of my mind, my life's about me and I don't want to be warm. And then I got to go back and watch whatever, if Aiden was swimming or Evie was dancing, I don't know what it was. But then it's about my kids, right? My life's about, and God's like, I got something bigger. You see, there's a dude in Starbucks and he used to be in your youth group, but you haven't seen him in several years. And he's disconnected from Jesus now. It's not flowing, it's not going. He was in high school, and, but I had no idea. And I walk into a Starbucks, whoa, Jeff. And there was something in me that, again, it wasn't the Holy Spirit like speaking like, talk to Jeff, he's hurting. There was nothing like that. But you know when it's one of those things where you're kind of like, oh, this is a conversation. This isn't just get a hot drink. And, but you got to be perceptive about what life's about. And all of a sudden, a quick go get hot chocolate or coffee turned into a 30-minute conversation. 30-minute conversation turned into an invitation. Bro, we planted a church up here. And it wasn't this church, it was the previous church we planted. This is a different one, right? And so, come to church. But then in my mind, I'm thinking like, woo! Like, all right, God used me in Starbucks. Bring Jeff, get him back, connect with Jesus, get him in a church. And God's like, you, fool, you don't even see the big picture. Jeff was single. His wife was waiting at Cross Point. So then Jeff would strengthen his walk with God and then meet his wife. Bro, it's not even about his wife. The picture's bigger than that. She was a single mom, had a son who was struggling. Missed that father figure. Missed that spiritual guidance. And so Jeff became a stepdad. And a son that was fatherless all of a sudden had a, a loving father figure. Jeff now is living in Colorado, works um, uh, for a ministry that they go and they extract Christians out of high-risk countries. 
So they do operations um, in the Middle East, and he's security for one of the teams that does that. I had no idea when I walked into Starbucks what God was going to do. But see, if you don't believe that God wants to intimately and purposely and specifically guide you, your Starbucks run is really about the hot drink. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. I'm, I'm in a rush. Got to go. Because I got to go watch my kid. Because life's about me and about their sports. And about, right? We, and God's like, oh, man, we miss out. Acts chapter 8. Things are beginning to shift in the early church. We're going to start in verse 1 because it reminds us of last week. It says, on that day, this is when the first Christian to die for his faith, Stephen, right? He was called by God. There was no miracle of him missing out on death. God's call for him was, nope, you're going to die for the faith. And what's going to happen is his life then would cause Christians to go on the run. You see, it wasn't about Stephen. God's like, I need you to die so that others can live. But that was Stephen's calling. I talked about last week. Not all of us are called to go die for our faith, but some of us might. And so it says, on that day when Stephen died, persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered, through, uh, scattered um, throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. This is a man we're going to read about later called Paul. So God's going to reach him. But right now he's destroying the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Now jump down to verse 26. So the church was kind of concentrated in Jerusalem, and now it's starting to expand out. This is part of God's great plan to get Christians, because Christians tend to huddle. I don't know if you know this. We like our comfortable church. We like it to be neat and packaged nicely, and then once it gets to a certain size, I don't want any more. This is our nice little community, right? We like that. Even the early church liked it. We're like, hey, this is great. And God's like, no, I got bigger plans. We got to reach people. And so he did that through this persecution, and the church began to scatter. In verse 26, we see an example of how it began to scatter. How did God begin to expand the church? Verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, and just so you know, when it says an angel of the Lord, sometimes that's um, synonymous with um, the Holy Spirit in the Bible, just so you know that. The writers didn't care to be that specific. Um, so it is interchangeable, and you'll see this because the Holy Spirit's used a little bit later on. So, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way, and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury. Just, you know, you'll read this in the Bible, sometimes these eunuchs. It's like, why was that happen? Um, well, back then, much different times than now. Well, maybe not different times now. Uh, but uh, when you had officials and you were a king or you are a prince, the most dangerous people weren't your enemies across the border. They were actually the people closest to you. So most princes and kings, how they lost their kingdom wasn't to someone else. It was their own like uncles, cousins, brothers, or sons killing them and taking their, that's, that's how it happened a lot. So what they would do is as soon as you brought someone in, if he was a dude, you'd make sure that he couldn't 
procreate, couldn't start sleeping with your, so I know it's messed up, but that's how they did it back then. So um, that's why he was a, a, a eunuch. So he was an important official. The prince or the king wanted to make sure that he didn't uh, fool around. And it says that he was in charge of all the tre uh, treasury of Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. So he's from uh, Africa. The early church didn't realize something. They thought that Christianity was all about this little modern-day Israel, Palestinian area. What Philip didn't know is, no, there's someone from Africa that's on a road that I'm going to actually have you go and talk to. This guy's then going to go to Africa, and he's a person of power and influence, which is important because that's how the gospel can quickly spread. Legend would have it, but what I mean by legend is just uh, writings outside of, of the, the Bible, historical documents. What we see from word of mouth is that this is how Christianity spread in Africa. Philip, just some dude that the Bible says was full of the Holy Spirit, stoked to be a Christian. He was just, you know, one of the seven that was picked early in the church. When, remember when the, the women were kind of fighting over food and things like that? And he was just serving in the church, working in the women's ministry, helping with food. Doesn't seem like a super important dude, not an apostle. And God's like, I need you to go down a road and you don't know why, but there's an African who needs to understand the gospel, who's spiritually hungry. You're gonna explain it. He's gonna go and Christianity's gonna spread all over Africa. God wants to specifically and purposely use you, send you. My question is daily or weekly, who do we get our assignments from? Is it your boss? Is it this world? Is it politics? Is it Instagram? Who's guiding you? Who's sending you? And God says, I would love to have a voice in that. I would like to send you for something greater than yourself. To be used by the King of Kings to change people's lives. So it goes on, it says that this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that char chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Again, a good reminder when we're reaching people that are disconnected from church or from God, some of us are like, how do I reach people? Or how do I, you know, a great thing is just to ask questions. Just ask people questions. Do you go to church? Have you ever gone to church? Ah, uh, no, Christians are lame. Oh, well, why do, why do you think that? Have you had a bad experience? You know, have you ever read the Bible? Oh, yeah, I read it years ago. Okay, you know, or no, nah, I never have, but I just ate it. Questions will give you insight, and that's a great way to begin to reach people. And he does this. He just asks questions. Do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The story goes on, and we see that he gives his life to Jesus. He actually gets baptized, finds some water, and gets baptized. And then he would go back to Africa. And again, from what we see from historical documents, what we think is, he was the person that really would begin to spread Christianity into Africa. But I want us to notice something in this passage because I think it's applicable to our lives. How does God specifically and purposely guide our lives? 
Um, one thing I want to encourage you when it t- comes to being led by the Holy Spirit, right, on mission, that's what this is about, the mission, Acts is the mission of God, the mission of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how we participate with him. How does that really work out? One thing I always want us to know is that the, one of the ways that he guides us is it's step by step. He doesn't reveal the whole picture. Notice that when he told Philip to go south on the road, he didn't explain why. Have you ever been led by God, but you don't understand exactly why? And a lot of times we want to know the why. It's like, I'll follow you, but first tell me what the end result is. Why do we do that? So I can decide if I really want to follow God or not. And what faith is, what I notice is, faith doesn't give the full picture. Faith gives you just enough to take a step forward. Because God says, trust me. And what is really trying to build faith in is not just that you trust and believe that God is real, but do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that if God asks you to walk a certain road or go in a certain direction or go connect with a certain person or to give up something that it's actually for your benefit and not your detriment? And that's, I think, what we're doing. We're doing a cost analysis when God really, the, the Holy Spirit leads us. What is this going to hurt? What if I go and reach that person? They don't, wanna, they don't want Jesus. Now I'm embarrassed. Now I feel like stupid. Now I feel, it's a cost analysis of myself. And that's why we lack faith rather than saying, who cares about me? They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting God and It's not a personal thing. And so one of the things you're going to see that as God leads you is you're not going to understand the end result. He just wants you to understand the next step and just to trust him. Again, you guys, it's not like Philip knew. It's like, I'm going to be used to change Africa today. Yeah, this is a dude that's helping uh, women in the church to allocate food. And God's like, "I I love your heart. I love your servant attitude. And and it's another thing that we see here too is that when God uses you, he starts with the small things to see if you're responsible before he moves on to the bigger things. For some of us, I think God has big plans for us, but maybe we're not being responsible with some of the little things right now. Some of those little things are like serving at church or just being godly in the home before you try to reach people outside the home. Like just being responsible to those little things, character issues, having a heart of generosity and serving. And God says, start there, and then there's other things for you. But what we see is as, as he guides Philip, it only makes sense in hindsight. And just so you know, most of what I found in my life, most of my faith only makes sense in hindsight. So don't try to figure it out now. I just want to encourage you with that. Why is he sending me to that school? Why is he closing that door? Why? I would encourage you with this. Don't ask too many whys. You can. Maybe God will answer. But maybe he doesn't. Just answer, then what? What's next? If that door's closed, what's next? How can I do that when I believe that God is good? If I believe that God is good, I don't have to ask why. Because the why is questioning his goodness. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I'm questioning his goodness. Once I have an really understanding of God's goodness, of like, no, he really is good. He loves me, died, rose again. Like, yeah, I can't question his love for me. I get off the why and I move to the what's next. What's next? Are you noticing this in your life? First of all, do you believe that God wants to use you and speak to you this next week? Don't answer too quickly. Because we're in church. So some of you are like, oh yeah, 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 he does. No, slow down. I know that's the Christian right answer. 
Do you believe this week that God wants to speak to you, to guide you, that he has certain paths for you? That the decision you make as far as like what time you go to the grocery store or what class your kid is in, that that actually, pray about those things, it matters. Because what if God moves your kid to another class, not this class, because there's a family there and this kid needs to know Jesus and this kid's already spiritually, but you have no idea. And all of a sudden, when things change in life, I don't have to be like, oh, man, why? Why is it? You can just be like, oh, God's moving me. Oh, this didn't work out. Perfect. God's moving me. Whether it's relationships, whether it's opportunities. What if I saw everything as, and to me, that makes it exciting to pray. I think some of us struggle with prayer. First of all, because we get repetitive of just praying for the same things in our life, right? <laughs> and maybe God wants to expand this as far as if you realize that you're on a search and rescue team, that, that that gets exciting as far as, all right, God, who do I reach this week? Where do I go? Where's the open door? Where's the road you want me to begin to walk down that maybe someone's waiting? I mean, how that can work out in ours, I know for me, just slowing down and taking time to pray and having a specific time of praying each week where you don't pray for yourself, you only pray as far as God, who do you want me to reach this week? Who do you want me to speak to this week? I think you'll be amazed of how the Holy Spirit will be like, text this person right now. Someone will come to your mind that you haven't talked to in two years. Reach out to them, now's the time. And how cool would it be just to get a text? Hey, thinking about you, praying for you. And how that can go then into a conversation. I know for me sometimes, I'll set up my lunches or my dinners if I'm meeting with people based off that prayer time and be like, all right, God. And hey, do you wanna get lunch? Yeah, that'd be great. And I find it's the right timing, it's the right thing by just letting the Holy Spirit speak to you, guide you, not just for your life, but specifically to specific people, specific situations, specific locations. It's exactly what he did. Walk down this road. How exciting is that? It gives you purpose this week. You don't understand everything that's gonna happen, but you follow a God who does. You know, when we think about trips, I don't know if you've taken a lot of vacations or things like that where it's like um, you needed a guide. How, how many of you use the guide for anything? Like you, you've been on a vacation, like you use the guide for hiking or for, you know, where you went somewhere? A few of you have? Most of you have? All right. So just so you know, if you go somewhere, you're going to enjoy it more if you have a local guide. Why? Because the local guide knows the best restaurants, the coolest locations, where to avoid, where you might get injured, like, don't go to this place, don't, right? They know the place. I know in my traveling, like, especially on mission trips, um, we would never go on a mission trips without a local guide. They knew where to go, who to talk to. <laughs> I was in India, and uh, uh, we had this, this guide, and, um, and it, we had some of the, the most amazing food, but the restaurants, I mean, we went in one hole-in-the-wall place, I'm like, we could die in here. Like it just looked like the lights were blinking. Like it just looked so shady. And it was some of the best food I've ever had in my life. I'm like, he's like, I know. I'm like, if I were to drive by this place, I would think that's where people go to die. That's like, that's how, that's how just bad it looked. But a local guy will be like, oh, it's the best food, dude. What if you thought of this life as a vacation in a sense, as far as you're only here for a little bit? And the Holy Spirit's your guide saying, I want to take you to some of the best places. I want to take you here. I want to take you there. I want to take you there. 
but you got to trust the God. You got to listen. Hasn't that been God's heart from the beginning? When he created Adam and Eve, did he create them and then just stay far away from them? Or did he, as the Bible would say, walk in the garden with them? Even when they blew it then, and then the nation of Israel started, do you remember how the nation of Israel, how God guided them? How did he, how did he guide them? Right? As a pillar of fire, right? And they had the tabernacle there. And God, because he wanted to be in the community, he wanted to guide the Israelites. But you notice that we have a problem, that human beings, we don't like to be told where to go, what to do. I don't know if you noticed that. You'll notice that if you have kids. If you don't know, if you think people don't have a sin nature, just bear a child and they will show you, right? They will show you, right, that in general, we don't like to be told what to do, but that pride is our very downfall and we miss out on an exciting life where God wants to guide us. But it's tough because we don't always know where he's taking us. But do you trust that he's good? Do you trust that he wants to use your life to really impact others, to encourage others? to maybe connect someone who's disconnected from church or from God. Psalm 23 reminds us of this, one through three. The Lord is my, what's that word? I lack what? You guys, we lack nothing as a church if God's our shepherd. And if you feel like you're in lack. I gotta be honest, I don't think it's a God issue. I think it's a sheep issue. And when I begin to feel like I'm lacking in life, I don't have this, I don't have that, they have this, I begin to get jealous. Usually what it is is I'm away from the shepherd. God's not guiding me anymore. My flesh is guiding me. God wants to be your shepherd. And shepherds are close, they're intimate. But they know where they're taking the sheep, what's beneficial for them. But you know why sheep need a shepherd? Super important. Because they're idiots. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, too, um, when the Bible says that you're the sheep and he's a shepherd, he's really saying a lot there because sheep aren't the brightest. If there is no shepherd, do you know what happens if one sheep were to go off a cliff or down a cliff? You know what the others do? Yeah, they don't assess being like, whoa, 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 Billy just went over. Like, hey, let's stop. Let's slow this down. We just heard him like, like, you know, it's just like, no, they're like, hey, where, where's Billy gone? Next one, next one, you know, it's just like, hey, that looks fun. That's what sheep do. And don't we do that in our society? People go off a cliff and we follow them. Well, everyone's doing it. Yes, they're all going off a cliff. <laughs> I want to be clear. That's why the Bible says, listen, the road to heaven is on a narrow path. I know everybody thinks they're going, but we got to look at the fruit of their lives. The fruit of walking the narrow path is God guides me. I don't guide myself. My politics don't guide me. In a sense, as I get older, even my own family traditions don't guide me. Jesus guides me. And it says that he's a shepherd. And look what it says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the what? The right paths for his namesake. 
So today, what I'd like us to do is um, we're going to worship. I want to encourage you to listen to Jesus as your shepherd during worship, though. Don't just sing, really listen to the words and think about how God might want to guide you this week. Really seek him, saying, Lord, where do you want to send me? Think about people maybe that are disconnected, that God might want you to walk along their path and ask some questions. But to me, that's what makes an exciting week. An exciting week is not that everything works out, but that we're on the right path. Because God is our guide, it's good for us, and it's good for others. This is how the early church expanded. This is how our church is gonna expand. And I'm not saying just like numerically, but really like reaching people is by us letting him specifically and purposely guide your life in order to impact others. Nothing is by chance, everything has purpose. And to me, that makes life exciting this week. As we worship, the worship team is gonna come up. We have communion here, which reminds you guys, listen, when, God, when you don't fully understand God, he loves you. When he doesn't reveal the whole picture, he loves you. And if he loves you and he's good to you, you don't have to understand everything. Just keep walking, just keep trusting. If it looks like it's not working out, it's not going your way, it is going your way because God is for those who love him, right? The Bible says that. So you can trust him. So as we take communion, it's one of just faith where we say, we know you love us, you guide us. You are our shepherd, our sacrificial shepherd. And I hope this week that God really does use you in a way that is exciting and that is powerful. So Jesus, we come before you now. We're gonna hit. Good. And Jesus, I just ask that we would be a church that we would allow you to move us. We would look at our days and not try to be so busy that we allow no room for you to say, no, 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 slow down. No, 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 go talk to that person. No, 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 make the phone call. No, shoot the text. God, may we have room in our lives that we don't just ask you to bless what we've already planned, but we bless your plans by following you, God. So God, we lay our lives before you. We open our hearts and our minds saying, speak to us, guide us. We trust you for you are good in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go toaccesschurch.com.